right? So are we strapped in? Let's go. Okay. So what is the journey we are on as a church? I'm taking this from Ephesians 4, verse 13, which we've just read. Um, and it says this, that we all work together. I feel like being Paul McCartney. What was the song? Stand together. We all stand, was it? We all stand together. We all work together. That means serve together. That means do mission together. That means doing all, you know, fulfilling the, the, the vision of the church together. We're all working together in unity. As we do that, we all grow together. We are transformed in community. Yeah? It doesn't happen on your own. Okay? We are transformed to be more like Jesus in community with each other. We don't get much if we try to be a lone Christian. We don't get very far with it. We grow together, scripturally speaking, as we work together, as we serve together, as we are being together. And it enables us, if you look at the first point, to know Jesus more fully. Okay? That's what he's talking about, Paul, when he writes this. That our relationship with Jesus grows. That we have a greater revelation of who Jesus truly is. That we understand his heart more. We get a feeling of what he cares about more. And what he's bothered about and what he really doesn't like. That we love others as he does. That we see people as he does. And our relationship with him blossoms in that particular way. And secondly... That we mature in our Christian walk is another thing that just comes out straight away of that verse. That means that we're becoming increasingly like Jesus as we disciple one another. I'm not talking about discipling right now because we've just done five on it. Five, six, five episodes, I was going to say there. Five episodes on discipleship. So I'm, I know you all know about discipleship now. I won't test any of you. Maybe I should. Maybe I should start testing what was in the third one? Anyway, we'll leave it. But it, as you hopefully know by now, it's a core value of who we are as a church, that we're a discipling church, that we disciple one another, and that is important. And then um, if we move on from that, there, from those two things, and that's going to underpin a lot of what goes on now, verses 15 to 16. I'm not going to read this out, but it's on there. Do you bring up the ones that are just underlined? There we are, yeah. Um, this is really, really the, the crux of the message and it's the bit of the message really that I massively learned over my Christian walk from independent man, independent Christian, to where I am now. Each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. Each part has to do its own special work. And as it does, it helps the other parts grow. Now notice Everything in those bits that are underlined. Each part is at work. No one is passive. No one is just hanging out going, oh, I'll just do what I want to do. I'll just sit and do nothing. Each part is contributing to enable the other parts to grow. That makes sense? The more we do that, the more the people around you are growing. The more we do the bit, we're all unique. Yes, we're all unique. We can't do I can't do what Angie can do. Angie can't do what, you know, I mean, obviously there's overlap. But the, the, as far as it goes, the, we're unique. So the, there's bits of our lives, there's a lot of our lives, where we are essential for the growth of those that we come across. We're absolutely vital. So we will not grow as people. We will not fulfill our calling in the body of Christ. We will not fulfill our own potential as human beings if we're not doing our own particular work. Does that make sense? Yep. 
Good. Okay. Do you know, as you do your own work, you impart energy and you impart power to the other parts of the body. That's good, isn't it? Who doesn't want a bit of energy and a bit of power? I would like that. Everyone else becomes healthier. Ooh, all right, that's good as well. Healthy, that's what the Bible says, healthier. Spiritually healthier, emotionally healthier, physically healthier. Man, I could tell you some stories about that. As they grow to be more and more like Jesus. Okay, so this is really good. So we need each other hugely if we're to grow to our full potential in Christ. And everyone else needs you. All right, there's no getting away from it. Everyone needs an Andy Brown in the church. You get the point, yeah. <laughs> but that was what I was missing out on. That was the bit of life that I, I didn't get. Yep, I thought I could do it all myself. I was all right with my Bible and prayer, and you know what? That's it. I just got my individual relationship with Jesus, but it was, it's rubbish. Church, Sunday through to Saturday, every single day of the week, is essential to my growth. I need other parts of the body to contribute. Otherwise, I'm not going to grow to my fulfilled status in, in wherever I need to be. We need to journey together if we are to grow. Yep, got that? Got to be together in that body. We're all vital. If you take one cog out of a mechanical item, it might still work a little bit, but not as well. All right? It will all, we, we all make each other operate far, far better. When I was a student, sorry about this confession, it's before, I was a, it's before I was saved. When I was a student, I broke into my friend's, I say a friend, an acquaintance's room. Um, I didn't rob anything. I didn't have anything to rob, actually, before I go in. But I learned, don't look at me like that. I learned that I could undo his, his, his don't do this, by the way. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't do this. But I learned, I just got into the habit of taking things apart and putting them back together again to see if I could do it. I don't know why. And then I was, I was just bored. You've got a lot of time when you're a student. So, uh, well, on some degrees you have. My degree you did. So um, I undid his uh, door handle. He'd gone away for the weekend. He, um, so I undid, the, he locked his door. Obviously, he didn't trust me in the slightest. I, unlocked, I, I, I unscrewed his door handle and, and pulled it off, and then I could get in his room. I thought, brilliant, you know. There was nothing in there other than like a potato and a, like a supermarket bottle of Coke. But, like, you know, what can you do with that? So I was like, hey, I've made it in this room. What a load of rubbish. And, and then I thought, well, better put it all back together again. And I've got this door handle that I've got to put back together now at this particular point. Now, in Lego, if you play, if you ever, put your hand up if you've ever used Lego and have, have assembled. So you know where I'm at with Lego. With Lego, you get instructions, don't you? Yeah, it's dead easy. A four thing across needs to fit together. You don't get that if you just pull off somebody's door handle. It doesn't work like that. So you've got to fit it back together again. Now, listen, I had a spring left over and about three screws. But it still worked. It, I fit it back on. I don't know what those bits were supposed to do. I never had a clue. But it still kind of worked. Didn't sound like it did work in the beginning. Didn't, I thought he might be suspicious when he unlocked his door because it did clunk a lot more than it used to. But as far as I know, he, he didn't find out. This was the main thing. What has this got to do with the preach? Well, the point is, the point is that each part is essential. Those, that spring and those three screws must have been doing something that I have no idea what, but they did so, do something to enable that door handle to do what it should have been doing, okay? So we need to make sure that we understand that every single one of us 
is vital to every single other person in the church. Every single one of us enables growth, healthy growth. We're vital to each other, okay? So that's really essential to, to everything that we understand about our Christian walk. Uh, the second part of this is to, that we speak the truth in love. There is so much power in the way we talk. So much power. You can speak life. I can get hold of Tom. I can speak life to him. Or I can speak horrible things to him. Yeah, I'm not going to speak horrible things. But I could speak life to him. And I could help him. I could encourage him. I could make him feel like actually I can do what's in front of me. Or I, I, we can tear each other down. And it's really important. So when Paul's writing, he talks about speaking the truth in love. And that's really, really crucial because what did Jesus say the truth brings? Freedom. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. To Jesus' disciples, truth brings freedom. So we can set people free just by speaking in love to one another. Truthfully. Okay? And that's really, really, really an important part. You're empowering people. When you speak to people, we empower others so much more than if we didn't uh, talk to people in that way. And it's a mutual thing. So whatever situation we're in, we can impart God to one another. Okay, God is love. All right, so as we speak in love, we can impart love and we can impart God to one another. Now this, this, I've seen this happen and play out so many times. When we would let the youth... There was a, um, we did a social. We used to do like um, prayer times and, and all that stuff. But this one night, we, did, we just did a social and the youth got to, we got the, the youth together and they, they had a, um, I don't know, party, whatever we were doing. And this particular girl, she's only 13, she went home she, and the mum came up to us at the, um, on, the, on the Sunday. This was on Friday night that the youth met. The mum comes up to us on the Sunday. She said, what did you do at youth on Friday? And we, we just had a party. She said, she came home, this, my daughter came home and just worshipped in a bedroom afterwards. That's the power of meeting together. You don't even have to be doing anything super spiritual, yeah? That was just meeting together. And she was, something was imparted in that time. We had another time where we used to get some, I'm going to call them yobbos. Maybe, maybe that's not politically correct. We had some interesting characters, anyway, who, um, who used to go out joyriding every single night, um, steal a car, take it for a spin. Like, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. This is a story. It's true. It's a true story. Uh, they used to take it out. They used to go, you know, go out, take his car. Midnight, take it around the estates and stuff like that, around Cheltenham, and then abandon it somewhere else. But they'd come to youth group on a Friday night, as you do. Um, and... Um, and they were talking to um, another youth leader, and, and they, 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 were, they were sharing this quite happily with the youth leader. This is what we do, you know, we, we steal cars. And he says, um, so you do this every night? He goes, well, we don't do it on a Friday night. <laughs> and he said to him, why don't you do it on a Friday night? And they said, well, we don't feel like doing it on a Friday night. And because um, uh, he was like, saying, well, you couldn't, we come here on a Friday night instead. Which is great. He said, but, but youth finishes at 9.30. It doesn't, you go off joyriding at midnight. He said, well, yeah, but after we've been here, we feel much better. We don't, we don't go out stealing stuff. It was the one night that they didn't actually do anything. 
It's amazing how actually just connecting with other people makes such a difference. You don't know the difference you're making in other people's lives. And, and you know, there wasn't anything major. They weren't being preached at, these people. They were just connecting with other people who were loving them and encouraging them. It's phenomenal. Right then, uh, moving on. Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25 says this. This is your standout verse. If no one's going to church, you bring out this verse and you're kicking with the stick on this one. Let us consider how we must spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. You should go to church. That's what people do. As some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you uh, see the day approaching. That's what you do. It's your, it's your cut out and paste uh, verse. You should go to church. Look, boom. It's in the Bible. I hate sticks. I am really against sticks. Um, don't do sticks, me. If something is in there that say you should do this. I want a reason to do it. I don't want a, it is written, all right? I need, I also need a, I need a, a, a very good point. Why? Why? Why did God decide to put that in the Bible? What was the point of that? And the reason for that comes straight after it. He says, encourage one another. Meet together to encourage one another. We keep on meeting up, not to beat each other up, <laughs> but to encourage and be encouraged. And we must be filled with courage. We must be filled with courage because it helps us to fill, be filled with boldness, doesn't it? To be filled with faith. That's what encourage means, to be filled with courage. So we're living in a world where fear creeps up on us. We talked about fear throughout the meeting. Fear creeps up on us without us even noticing a lot of the time, doesn't it? Yeah, is it just me? It's that easy, all of a sudden, to find yourself feeling anxious and fearful about stuff. Fear is so disheartening. It depletes us from energy. It depletes us from peace, from hope, and it prevents growth. It's not a good thing. And God knows that. When we're feeling afraid, however, we don't always need a change of circumstances. A lot of the time we think we might, but it's not always the solution. Often, we need more courage. Often we need encouraging. And that you will find that as people put courage into you, you will be able to handle a lot more that life throws at us than without it. So let's make it a big part of church life that we go around and fill each other with courage. We fill each other with boldness. We fill each other with faith rather than dwell on the things that could be going wrong, we feel, dwell on the things like Jesus would have us do, the faith elements, the bits where we're looking at it and saying, we can do this with Christ that lives in us. Amen? So we encourage each other not to give up, to cheer people on, to stand when it's hardest. We motivate each other to go on further in our relationship with God, with Jesus, so that we keep on going. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I sometimes get a little bit lethargic. Encouragement makes you more motivated. Yes. Does it not? All right. So if you can't. Encourage. Encourage. And all of a sudden, you, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. Jesus is in me. Jesus lives inside of each and every one of you. And because Jesus lives in you, you can. Yes. It's not about can I, it's about can Jesus. Isn't it? Yep. Can Jesus do the things 
that are in front of you right now. If it was Jesus that's standing in front of all of the circumstances that you are going through right now, would he be able, would he be able to get through those circumstances? Yeah? Well, guess what? He's inside each and every one of us. So with Jesus in us, he can take us through every single thing that we're going through. And this is like what Beth was saying right at the start. Jesus has got the power to take you through every single thing that you are going through right now. With a smile. Not just surviving, but thriving. And that's absolutely vital for everything that we're doing. I'm off the page, but there we go. <laughs> but it's what happens as we encourage, as we fill people with faith. That's what takes place. Have you ever experienced it when somebody starts enthusiastically sharing how they're getting to know God better? Or how they're sharing the gospel? And it, it evokes something in you where you go, man, yeah, actually, actually, yeah, I feel like it's just something inspires on the inside. That's mutual encouragement. That literally is. Paul, the apostle Paul, who was the most... One of the most incredible apostles of all of them, I wouldn't say the one, I would say amongst them. Um, he, in Romans 1.12, says, I want to come and visit you so that we may be mutually encouraged. Mutually. He needed encouraging. If the apostle Paul needs encouraging, I would say we all need a bit of encouragement every now and again. Okay? Be aware of the tremendous value of that encouragement. May people around you know how much they mean to you. Help people see beyond what they see in themselves. All right? Help see, help people look at beyond. People put limits on themselves. What do you see in them? Call it out to them. That's amazing. When you people see, I can see you doing things far, far greater than what you're doing at the moment. Okay, I'll finish on this. Over lockdown... As it wasn't that long ago. Over lockdown, who did you make sure you stayed in contact with? Family? Grandparents. Grandparents? Still in the family umbrella. I'm happy with that, though. Anything else? Family. We're going with family. Can I agree? All right. Very, very good. Well done. I'll get you a bar of chocolate later. <laughs> La oh, flapjack. Right. Okay. Sugar-free chocolate. Um, so as far as it was, over the pandemic, and this, is, this was something that we, we've, I've noticed again and again and again because I get a lot of articles for pastors these days. They're all about church attendance on the decline, church members declining. It's, it's all about churches declining, churches declining, churches declining. And it got me really interested. We were at this, this conference. That it was a lot of the conference. Well, no, it wasn't a lot of it, but it was mentioned a few times by a few pastors that church numbers were on the decline. And I, I just kept my head down because we grew. <laughs> so there was this kind of, there was this kind of like, I was looking at going, oh, that's not us. Um, but, um, but you don't want to, you know, burst anyone's bubble when they're all kind of <coughs> not going in a good place. So I started to, I was talking to Ali about this actually um, last week. I said, what is it? Why did we grow? When everyone else was on the decline, what was actually taking place? And I think that one of the major things, one of the major things is that we're a family. Above everything else, we're a family. And you stick together with your family. 
You make sure you make you make sure above all else that a family stays together. A family makes sure that it looks out for one another. A family supports one another. A family is constantly looking outward to say, "How can we bring you in? How can we take care of you?" You would you may not walk the rest of your life with your friends, but you will pretty much make sure that you will still stay in contact with your family throughout your life. Am I right? Yeah. yeah? Even if you don't always agree with them, you will still make sure that you stay in contact, you will stay connected to your family. Families are what sticks, it's the stickability. And family is one of the most core values of this church. Everyone around here is into making sure that everyone is included, everyone is part of the family. And you do so much more than you would do for family. You'd lay your life down for your family, wouldn't you? Really? I mean, they, they are that important. So over lockdown, and even after, I saw people and people of this church put themselves out again and again and again, getting shopping for people that were housebound, making meals for people that were ill, getting vital supplies. They were just going out of their way again and again, going the extra mile. Now, I remember Ted coming around to our house when we had COVID. He didn't catch it, I hope. <laughs> but I remember that, yeah, with, with shopping and supplies. Because you could, we couldn't get an Asda link, yeah? And there are other supermarkets available for those watching. <laughs> but you, you get the idea. So it's family, being connected, being supportive for one another. We're called to be part of God's wonderful family, aren't we? We are each brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is why we hold on to this as such a core value. We care for one another, spurring each other on. Those are the things that we're called to be. And if you are new to us today or for the last few weeks, you are welcome to join this family. You are welcome because you have a role and a purpose in this family. All right? Yep. Sorry. Okay. We all have a role. We all have a purpose. And if you are yet to find yours, pray. Ask God to reveal the exciting future that God has in store for us, or talk to me, or talk to you know your connect group leader, and we'll knit you in where is a perfect fit, a perfect fit for your giftings and for your role in this amazing place. God's vision, this vision for this church at this current time, is that each of us reaches out with this intentional building community, and this is what Angie was talking about. This is where we reach out to our friends, reach out to our neighbours. And that's his plan to grow his kingdom in Cheltenham and beyond. So if you don't know what your role is at the moment fully, that's one which you can hang your hat on straight away and say, right, okay. Every single one of us has a role to play in drawing people into our family. Amen? Amen. That's what it is. That's all it is. Connecting with people and helping people to feel part of our family. And and that really is what most people want. They want community at this time after the pandemic. They want people to look after. They want to be looked after. They want that knitting together, which has been missing for so long. So for the, this, this, you're going to love this. You are going to love this. At the beginning of November, we are going to have a season of prayer and fasting. Ooh. Are we excited? Yeah. <laughs> Someone doesn't say, yeah, it should be, it's good. Pick a day, I don't mind, six weeks. We're going to do this for six weeks. Um, so it's not going to go over Christmas Day, don't worry. But over six, it's only going to go on, good grief, how long? Six weeks, pick one day a week. 
one day a week, we're not going to tell you when, and fast and pray for the lost. Pray for your friends to get saved. Pray for your friends to return to Jesus. Pray for the boldness to share the gospel. Pray for them to get curious. Those are the, it's an outward looking prayer season. If that is on board with that, yes? Okay? And that is what we want. This is the focus. When Jesus said, seek and save the lost, this is what we're about. This is where we're going with this. So this is our prayer and fasting season for six weeks, starting on November the 1st and going through till December the something. You can do the maths for me if you want. Uh, we'll work that out later. Um, if you can't fast for medical reasons, then please choose something else. Um, but don't be, uh, yeah, just don't say peas, because I would do peas. That would be an easy one for me, because uh, I don't eat them. Uh, so, <laughs> so pick something else. Um, but, um, but do something. Remember to pray in the extra space that you have created in your days. Okay? Because a fast without a prayer is just a diet. And, and that's, that's not what we're calling people to here at this point. We're calling people to fast food, if you can fast food. And if not, then, um, then fast something where in that space, in that time, you can seek Jesus. And you can pray to Jesus and we can look to Jesus to see him move at this point and get curious about the gospel, get curious about Jesus. And then obviously, Alpha fits straight after Christmas. It's a perfect invite after that as conversations stir on. Is that making sense? It's good, isn't it? Hey, you glad you showed up today. Okay, so as we meet on Sundays, as we meet throughout the week, let's make a difference in others' lives. Let's fill each other with courage, boldness, hope, speak faith and life into people. Amen? We all need each other to reach our full potential. So let's look to bring out the best in each other. If we could have the band up, that would be absolutely fantastic. If you are not a Christian here today or watching online, just to say um, that Jesus, we keep on mentioning him and how incredible he is, died. This is how much he loves us. Jules mentioned it throughout the service um, it, when he said he brought us into relationship with, with us. Beth did it at the start. Jesus died on the cross to bring us into an incredible free, eternal relationship with him. Uh, all we need to do is receive that forgiveness. All we need to do is repent from the things we've done wrong, from our sin, and we can actually have a relationship that goes on for eternity that starts today. And if that's you, then please pray with me now. Dear Lord Jesus, I just thank you for your death on the cross that brings life and forgiveness to my soul. I give you my life I repent of my sin and I receive your forgiveness. Amen.